You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On on this show, I have been trying for like a month straight to mm-hmm. answer. We had a reward on Go Wild because, you know, we launched the reward system in September of 21. And one of the rewards that we thought would be fun um, was on our old podcast, Gearbox Talk. People could ask questions, but uh, we got overwhelmed with those. And also, we don't do that show anymore. Uh, So I had one lingering one. Um, Anderson Kelly asked me a question. Uh, to do Gearbox Talk, and I was like, well, man, we're not even doing that show anymore, but I'll answer it on Uncensored. This is the last offer on this ever, so don't be hitting me up with your old. <laughs> if you didn't take advantage of it, that's too bad. Uh, sailed. But I felt bad because this uh, kid didn't know that no, – I don't know if he's a kid. This guy uh, didn't know if, if we had <laughs> stopped doing it. So his question was how to catch more bass in winter or bass in winter at all. And we went to our resident expert, Jacob Knight, Yep. and uh, I think you guys are all – pretty good at bass fishing but we kind of all go to jacob when we have the tough questions right 100%. he's like he's like the wise old monk uh or like you know in the shows they always go to like a cave and there's some kind of mythological creature in yoda there. if you will he's he's yeah. the yoda of of bass fishing yeah um so we went to yoda and um here's what he had to say yeah and we we talked about these before too we all agree this is how we would have tried to answer it but jacob's got it it best can you say it in like a yoda accent i wish i could (laughs) i'm not gonna i'm not gonna (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna defame yoda all right uh so he said you want to fish suspended jerk baits uh with very long pauses you're going to use um jigs fished very slow on the bottom use trailers that have a lot of appendages that will move on their own while sitting he said um, another method to use is float and fly. Um, there's, it's Basically, you're going to find a lot of content about it on YouTube. Um, it's a technique. Um, he said get. Uh, he said you want to get the specialized float and fly bobbers. Um, they'll really help detect the subtle take from the fish during that time of year because they're not just like hammering baits, which is obviously what makes fishing better during, you know, fall and spring and even summer. So pretty great tips from our resident Yoda there. Generally fish will be deep and they're not going to chase after anything because it's, there's, yeah, they're conserving calories and conserving their energy. So you just got to float something at the bottom in front of their face, hit them in the nose. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, thanks, Anderson, for sending it along. I promise. Uh, now I just got to remember to tell him that we answered yeah. it because he's been waiting for like 
forever. <laughs> I uh, gave up hope. Yeah, yeah it was I, a perfect time for that tip. Yeah, yeah Twitter time. Twitter. It's a cold yeah. tip. Yeah, not a hot tip. <laughs> not yeah. a, there you go. <laughs> cold tip, Brad. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, I had a very uneventful weekend. I had a question for you. I know we're gonna talk about Charles Hunt. Yep. Um, and I want to hear about Dan's hunt. Uh, have you? I think it's called masticizing, right? Like the soaking oh, yeah. in water. Yeah. Okay. So you, I know with your skull, you do a great job on your amounts. Is why I wanted to ask you about this. So I've been working on two skulls at once. One of which is this year's deer, and. I hadn't done it in a while. I didn't do last year's because it was so small. I froze it and just waited. And I was like, I'll just do both of them at once. Yeah. So I was refreshing, kind of looking around. And I had heard of the mass. Is, am I saying it right? Mass. Yeah, I think, I think you are. I think it's, I, I've, I've never heard it. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. I have heard it said on YouTube. I think it's masticized. Right? Yeah. Uh, so so basically, it's like soaking in water. You can do it hot water, which stinks real bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like 80 degrees for a certain period of time. Um, or you can do it in cold water. So I boiled. But the, the skull just wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. And I was lo- reading... And apparently soaking in water and with Dawn dish soap mm-hmm. uh, over like a 72-hour period does the trick, right? So I, I did this, and it said to dump the water when it's milky. And I'm like, this isn't going to be milky. I mean, my skull was very cleaned. It looks pretty close to that doe skull sitting over there, right? And for those of you that can't see the doe skull, skull it's clean, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was just trying to get it. I wanted to do a good job on this one. Yeah. And I soaked it, dude. And the next night or next day it was in a five gallon bucket and it looked like I'd poured milk like mm. in the whole thing. Yeah. I dumped it last or yesterday morning came out again today and it's got like milk hanging around the head. I mean, this like clearly is pulling unbelievable amounts of grease off yeah. of this deer. Have you ever done that? No, I haven't done it. I've looked into it. Um, our buddy, Mike Larson, does, does he do it? He does that. And is he I've hot or cold? It. It? I honestly don't know. Um, I, yeah, I don't even know how you would do like a, like You'd have to, 80, yeah. yeah, you'd have to like have some heating yeah, element. To, it would be hard to do this time of year, like up in Michigan where he is, yeah. obviously outside if you're wanting to be nice to everyone else who lives in your house. Yeah. Um, you do it outside, obviously, and it's pretty cold. So it would be like, I know people will get like uh, fish tank heaters mm-hmm. and drop those in the bucket sometimes, and that'll help bring that water up to heat or whatever. Um, but no, I haven't actually done it yet. It's I've considered trying it on one. Yeah, apparently it can like, pulled the teeth out which i you know that happens all the time anyway, yeah, like you when you boil so i i tried not to boil mine too long this year because i like you they can the bone structure gets brittle but uh this is something i've been trying i'm trying to get you know we talked about this a few episodes ago of like the nasal cavity and what to do with it i'm trying to leave as much of the that infrastructure in there and just get that meat out of there um so i also did something that i know is a no-no for a long period of time but i also just like straight up bleached Mm-hmm. the inside of it and that's when i got the idea i was like because i did that for like 90 minutes it wasn't long at all like because yeah. that it can very quickly deteriorate the bone right um from what i've read yeah uh, i've never tried this before but it was straight up clorox bleach and it actually did a really good job of like pushing it a little further mm-hmm. um onto the white and then pulling some stuff off of it mm-hmm. but that's when i started thinking about doing the masticizing and it's it's like actually I'm, I'm i can't wait to see what the final outcome is after i'm gonna have to i didn't dump it this morning i'm gonna have to dump it tonight and then try one more day I've heard a lot of really good things about it. Like I said, it's definitely a technique I want to try on one. I'm a, I mean, I got plenty to work with well, this season, so I might try it on one. Yeah, well, and two, the nice thing is, like, you boil, and then it's just, like, literally there's no work. You're just sitting in yeah, a bucket. It's, uh, I know the the first time I heard of this, uh, there was a guy posted a, a taxidermist posted a, a skull, and it had all the nasal structure in there. And I was like, dude, how do you do that? Like, how do you – I know a lot of people swear by the beetles and everything, but, I mean, this guy – was uh, he was like that season deer so he had accelerated he's like oh yeah i'm in warm water and he's like it's not a process you're going to want to do around anyone I'm no like, I'm like okay i can't do that 
Yeah. You know, even for my neighbors outside, like I wouldn't do that to yeah. people. I've heard <laughs> like dig a hole. Yeah. And like pour the water in that hole and then fill it back up when you're like dumping your water. Cause you do want to change your water, you know, every hmm. couple of days, if you do the whole pro cause if you do it from start to finish, like it takes a couple of weeks, Does especially it? depending on the temperature. So you're having to change that water every few days. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That sounds finicky. So it's basically 80 degree water, put the skull in. If you're going to hot mash the ties, you can do you cold. I'm doing hot. cold. Yeah. What, what, so what temperature is cold? Just like room temperature. Literally room temperature. Yeah. Well, it's garage temp right now. Yeah. So so why would you do that instead of boiling? I've done the boil. The it's boil a, doesn't get the fat, like the hard fat on the back of the head and like around the teeth. And, and it's just a lot less effort, honestly. Yeah. It's literally fill a bucket of water, put the deer skull in it every couple of days, dump the water, put more water in it. Yeah. It's Bo- not boiling is not like what you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the the time, in my opinion, Derek, you tell me, the time it would take to slow cook off everything, your skull is going to start falling apart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the, the skull will break down, especially on, I've noticed more on the young deer, like the, they they will straight up split yep. in half. Because hmm. the, the skull, you know, like a baby's skull hasn't formed, hasn't formed yet, right? Yeah. yeah, it's not as tethered together yeah. so the I'm, I'm hoping that like this is the year i finally figure out the easiest way to do this because i always i kind of like i like this process but also kind of load the process yeah. a little bit i don't yeah. know how to explain it no, i get it yeah yeah it's like a, like when you're sitting there with a knife scraping fat off the head of something for like three hours it's tedious it's tedious hey. and it's like you know what else could i be doing here look that's <laughs> why you you give your skull to our resident euro yoda i know right <laughs> that's right the euro Dude, yoda so i just do it dude's yeah. a masochist yeah. he loves it that's right. <laughs> all right so uh that was my weekend I, it's like the only thing i really did besides make some bomb ass ribs that dan thought dan thought i was trolling him last night over venison <laughs> he thought that was a deer that i sent Yeah, because I, I just reported that i didn't kill a deer on sunday and then brett's like oh man that stinks and then it was just a picture of a slab of meat <laughs> i assumed it was deer meat. i did too i didn't even uh, <clears throat> i should have clarified i uh i made maybe the best ribs i've ever made in my life yesterday they were just my my wife was freaking out she's like oh my god oh my god well, i appreciate you bringing them into the office for us all to try yeah what'd you yeah. say last night too good not to share but too good, too good to, share. to share too good not to share the photo uh, uh okay uh yeah so uh barbecue yoda um, <laughs> <laughs> i want to find something to be yoda yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll see what your all's Yoda abilities were on your Nebraska. Oh here no, in, let's here not do that. Uh, so I four wanna, wire gate Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> we'll hit that. I want to real quick though. I know Dan um, maybe last deer hunting this season. You did a public land deer hunt. I texted you a little bit, but how'd it go? Yeah, so uh, my first season deer hunting did some. Well, wait, you killed a deer last year, but you mean, just explain that. So last year, Zach over at he's on Go Wild. Um, whetstone habitat management yeah yeah that's his his zach vakurvich yeah zach vakurvich and he uh has a really great property that um is a really great habitat and needed to cull some does he's like anyone any first-time hunters want to come out and see what it's like it was very relatively easy hunt (laughs) sitting in a barn (laughs) with it was known that we would see and i don't know how many deer we saw on that 10 deer maybe you know, i've had not, rougher days hanging out on the couch watching football let's just yeah, put it that way yeah, <laughs> yeah. so the, really the the point of it was just for me to kind of experience ask him a lot of questions learn how to butcher and dress uh deer and that sort of stuff and so i was going to go out this season so i had three public land hunts two of them were just general modern gun whatever and then this last one i went on this weekend was a quota hunt um, at, uh, 
property around a big lake outside of Louisville, Taylorsville Lake. And this is the second quota hunt they do. So they do uh, one, you know, right in the middle of rut and then a secondary one. So the odds on the second one obviously weren't quite as good. Um, but, yeah, so went out and only scouted a half day, which is probably my biggest regret. Um, not so much for deer activity, but just where can I park? Where can I walk in? What features are on the land? You know, looking at digital scouting, it's like, how old was this picture? This field looks cleared in in the pictures on the satellite photos, but is it really that way? But anyway, so went out, did all day sits, 6 a.m. First day was 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. in a saddle. Didn't get down once, just just holding my... Stud. <laughs> holding my bladder. Birdman. Um, oh, I just let Birdman. it rip. Yeah. I've got the technique down at this point. And yeah. Pee freely, Dan. Yeah, mo- most of what I learned was how to get comfortable in the saddle. Mm. And I made some big mistakes uh with this you tell well probably my biggest mistake as a quick story was you know we sell um straps that go around the tree to hook your stuff into it probably one we sell the most is tethered Mm. hys strap and uh i hadn't bought does that stand for hang your shit yes it it does does. i just it just occurred to me oh that's that's hilarious all their ys is your, your stuff, your, nah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It just occurred to me. H- I don't know why. I've H-Y-S, seen we've S-Y-S, sold we've sold yeah. what feels like a million of those coming through. Yeah, and I just it just now occurred to me. What I yeah. realized it this year too. I yeah. didn't. I think you told me about it. Yeah. I like that it. is so funny. I thought it was something technical. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I thought. You know, we have all these acronyms that come through on stuff. Like I have no idea what most of the Garmin acronyms stand for. For example, yeah. I mean, obviously, I have access to everything we sell, and we get a good employee discount. And Hey-o. a lot of times we'll get stuff returned for whatever reason. And I'll be like, this is now mine. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm pressing the return. The gear troll. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you don't want it? I'll take it. One man's trash. So I don't really have any excuse. <laughs> Dan's treasure. I don't really have an excuse as to why I don't. And also I'm a gear guy and I love gear. So really I just wasn't buying everything because of my wife. And I wanted, I didn't want to be like, oh, spent another hundred bucks on whatever. So that's why I started buying in August. Just yeah. kind of slowly. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't pay, you know, stay under the radar. <laughs> you blend a thousand dollars over a few months. You might be able to not well, be noticed. And for me, this being my first season, I was buying a lot of stuff because yeah. you just to get into it, you have to buy a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so as I tell the story, you guys are going to kind of see where it's going okay. because I'm telling you a bad story. So you're going to be thinking bad. I was thinking in the positive when I was doing this. Okay. So, You've got your tree tether right around the tree, mm-hmm. and you got your body weight on it, and it cinches it down, and it's real tight, and it's great. And I needed—I didn't have a strap to hang on, so I'm like, I know, big brain. I'll take my backpack that probably weighs 40 pounds mm-hmm. and hook it into one side of the tree tether, and then I'll take my gun and hook it into the other side of the tree tether, and it's tight and it's not going anywhere. And I'll just hang there, and then you know, get stuff out of my backpack and my rifle. And I think I did this one day, and it was great. And then on the second day, I was doing it, and I needed to reposition somehow. And so I took my body weight off of the tree tether and grabbed the. <laughs> I have a a a, a, a ascender, uh, and so I loosened the ascender. And as soon as I took that tension off, the weight of my gun and my backpack took out the slack and it just started sliding down. You don't say. 
<laughs> so slid down, pulls pulls out my my tether to the knot. So oh. there's you know four foot of slack or whatever, and I I saw everything going down. So I released my ascender and grab with one hand, grab my gun with the other hand, grab Dude, grab the bag, that's my backpack. And I'm not tethered to anything. Yeah. I'm standing on the platform. I've got my face, like, <laughs> up against the tree. My For butt, all those who can't see, Dan is acting this out. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I got my butt, my butt kind of out, and I'm holding. Forehead on the tree. And I'm by myself. And I'm on, you know, public land. I haven't seen another hunter. I don't even know if I'm within shouting distance and i'm like this is the end i don't know know how i'm gonna get out of this and the gun and the bag are um are clipped into the rope so i can't just like i can't just like set the bag on the platform or throw the bag on my shoulder because this is a cautionary tale friends yes it's so bad don't use your tether to hang things it's so bad learn from my mistake so what i have to do is I have to kind of shimmy the tether back up by moving the gun and bag up either side. So I'm doing that, and then I'm like halfway up, and I grab the knot. Mm -hmm. And luckily I had the ascender. If I had the the knot, Yeah, and you had the person where you had to use both hands on it. I would have been, I don't know what I would have, I would have had to, I don't know what I would have done. But I had the ascender, so the ascender I could grab the knot, and then yeah. I grab the backpack, so yeah. I have both the knot and the backpack in my right hand. And as I'm lifting up the backpack, it's, You're pulling tension. it's moving that ascender up. Yeah. Is that just the lineman belt? Is that what you're talking Or the nah, line? What's, no. Is that ascender, like, from the ground, you mean? Like it's in lieu of the prusik. Yeah, so it's like a little mechanism with a ratchet where you just grab and it pulls stuff through. And then as soon as you put tension, it's got teeth and it bites. So, you know, the prusik, you, you kind of have to... Once you tighten it down, you kind of have to finick it a little bit yeah. to feed it through. It's just a mechanical. This, it's as soon as you pull on one end. But is it all? I'm I'm confused. What it's attached to? It's tree tether. Yeah, it's right where the prusik. You had knot. two things on your tree tether. No, it's right where the prusik knot would be. I'm just not. But it's on me. your bridge to your tree. So tether. the rope goes through that. Uh, no, it's 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 not on the bridge. The bridge has prusik. It's on the tree tether itself. Yeah. So the tree tether has a carabiner, and then and then. Um, huh. Cause you're using I'm just carabiner. I, I didn't use line. one of I'm these this year, line. so yeah. this is new to me. Dude, they're they're really awesome. Yeah. I use one on my lineman belt. I I use the Prusik on the tree tether, but yeah. I use that thing on my lineman belt, and it's like basically a super fast and easy way to like adjust tension and stuff. So like as you're climbing the tree, you can get over branches and do stuff yeah. like without having to. I use I may both have to hands. see this in person. <laughs> I've, I've got mine in the okay. car. I'll yeah. show it to that's you. That's what I was showing him. That's the one I bought. The Kong Duck Ascender. Bite on. Go wild. Don't show yourself like me. So, anyways, so I just I'm, totally ripped off Menards yeah. <laughs> today. Yeah, so I'm literally uh, moving the gun and the bag yeah. up, and then as I'm doing that and tightening, as it's getting close to where it needs to be, I'm slowly leaning back, and that knot's tightening. But I didn't have anything. I think ended, I, what I ended up doing after that was I had. Um, I had paracord and I made my own like. Oh strap. my gosh! So, so I'm like, I'll I, just make my own little. MacGyver you hung your gun on the tree 
tether on, okay. the, on the loop around the tree. Basically. Here's Dan's <laughs> justification. <laughs> okay, listen. I can tell by the tone of your voice that was well, like you're, you're, you're a smart, an you're idiot smart guy. I'm just like this is hindsight. <laughs> hindsight I being fifty-fifty. Yeah. We can hindsight, all agree. <laughs> I'm a dumbass. <laughs> but, but you're not. That's but what in the moment. I in can the moment hear you when you're on it, and and you've got if you got tension on your tether. That where it loops around the tree yeah. is so tight. I understand, but I can hear me. If I had told you, I can hear you telling me that if I had done this, that was really stupid. That I guess that, like like I, we built that whole uh, booth for Gaos last year, and you were I'm like, yeah, I you have like, an engineering mind. That's what yeah, surprises right. me. Like if if me or Braden started saying this and we did this and be like, yeah, you guys are goobers, you're idiots. <laughs> this <laughs> right. is expected yeah. behavior. Yeah, right. But like, don't you agree? Like Dan has that like he does engineering. You think of the, like the balance between you and putting the weight yes, on the other that's side what I'm saying. when you go up. Me, Jacob, maybe a little bit of Derek, yeah. but but. You know, any of us, but you're like, the, you are this engineer inside your head. Like, I've just Basically, talked to you you're about building stuff. In humanity. I feel yeah. like I'm privileged <laughs> that I get to work a little closer with Dan. And, and you know I he's see stupid. He has these <laughs> random moments where he it just, yeah. it's gone. Well, we do. <laughs> let me just we, say, let me just say, NASA. Dan doesn't know his alphabet. up a lot guys. of space shuttles <laughs> before they landed on the moon. I'm so okay. glad you didn't blow up your I was hypothetical up, space shuttle yeah. here. Little fact about Dan, he doesn't know his alphabet. <laughs> I know my ABD. <laughs> <laughs> there is a joke running around that we came up with last year after uh, oh, after Gaos. I don't remember what started this, but it was Dan Strong. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Dan, Dan, me, Dan, me Strong. Yeah. <laughs> he did like embrace this caveman persona. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And, and it okay. was his long arms that saved the day. Yeah. Ultimately, it was my long monkey arm. Again, once that again, saved the day. once again. Yeah, but yeah. Right. So anyway, so remedied the problem, made a little paracord solution to get me through the day i actually took someone's return someone returned to hys strap i'm Boom. leaving mine now uh and then went out the next day and then the other thing that i learned saddle hunting was i got in a tree that was too small uh and by too small i mean this tree this was like the only viable tree for where i wanted to set up i was did a couple days setting up on the edge of a field and those edges of field just get so many brambles. They have so many saplings that grow up there. It's hard to find a real big tree at the edge of a field. Mm. So I want to set up on the edge of this field. And it was the only tree. And I'm like, it's a good tree. And you know, I'd grab the base and shake it and whatever. And, um, so I have my climbing sticks and I can see that the feet will sit well on the small tree. And I'm like, all right, it's a live tree. It's sturdy, whatever. I'm going to climb up it. And I climb up it. And my, you know, I must felt 150, 175 pound gentleman. <laughs> and For those that can't see, that is about a 50% under That, that was uh, accurate when Dan was 12. Yeah. <laughs> and so I get halfway up this tree. And it is like moving all over. And I'm at the point where any time it was windy this weekend yeah, too. and any time <laughs> the wind blows i'm like swaying yeah, that is the, not fun to the point where when i got home that night you know like when yeah, you like go vertigo. like vertigo well you know like when you go like like skiing or ice skating or something all day and then you still feel like mm-hmm. you're doing that i was literally on the couch and i felt like i was swaying on the couch babe is it windy I've, in here <laughs> i've had that happen with climbers yeah but literally if i shifted my body weight at all yeah it was like dude the, was your core sore 
No, it wasn't. It wasn't real sore. My legs. Well, were Dan also has his eight such pack. good shape. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's but, yeah. Pack, well, so. but that's the benefit too of like the saddle you're kind of hanging when you're in a climber like that. You're not really putting tension on that the whole mm. time. Well, uh, you probably the, hunted out of climbers, right? Really not. Not actually. really. I like, didn't ever get into climbers. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I should say is I almost exclusively use the recliner. Mm-hmm. So I almost mm. exclusively have just that, chilling. that second. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I get up in the tree, it's not like, a, oh, I want to recline that. Yeah, I will say you've spent maybe 15 minutes describing the things that you did wrong with saddle hunting. What did I do right? And this wasn't even this well, weekend. Well, no, I was just going to say we actually, like, I'm converted. I will never, like, not hunt saddle again. I mean, I shouldn't say yeah, that. You, no. you, you've been on my property. I, like, that yeah. hunt. I, I would hunt those buddy stands. Yeah. But if, if in a. Yeah, that's a good story, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever Brad's like, hey, you should come hunt my property. I have a harness for you to wear. Oh, <laughs> yeah. To the property, pull it out. It's like a child's <laughs> ball. <laughs> Dude, it was. He's like, I think you can make it work. And like clipped in, it's like a bondage device. I literally can't, <laughs> I can't straighten up. I'm like, just like, I'm so, like, this isn't going to work. Here's the thing about Dan's build Dan is built stout but dan's not what i would call like a big guy big guy like he's not fat no right so but dan is freakishly long like his he, he doesn't make sense he's like a cartoon he's, he's like he's like, <laughs> weird proportions like if you were gonna hunt a human you'd like want dan cartoon. you would want dan because you're gonna get like some extra long cuts right? yeah no yeah. if go wild went, if go wild did like an arctic exploration trip as like the office and it resulted to cannibalism which most arctic exploration trips do you would read dan about first. like dan's first on the menu yeah yeah, yeah. so but the thing is i i have this uh i do have uh the safety harness and it's it was always like a little tight but i thought it just needed adjusting but we pulled it out and i saw the small to medium i'm like oh god this is there's no way so dan dan couldn't even get the straps like i mean we're talking this much of a gap and he's like oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah so he's like it's all right i got this this it's a two-person stand out in the woods so i don't have a i don't have a uh, we're really telling ourselves here yeah this is this don't is, do this don't do this, this. this, this so much podcast, don't do this on this so podcast. much this podcast should just be a cautionary tale yeah um, thanks for bringing so, this up dan i'm so, now ashamed yeah so then he's like oh yeah there's this buddy stand on the property and we go out to it and it's i guess you'd seen it but you hadn't looked hadn't at you. it oh yeah that it wasn't <laughs> seen it i hadn't been in it it's and a new hadn't one looked at it and we got up on no i'd looked at it i just didn't realize it was it, a little it was pretty rusty <laughs> the, the straps on it were pretty free and brad's got his harness he's like i'm gonna go over there in my in my harness he's like so climb on up there and i'll watch you he's like you might want to sit on like the left side <laughs> whatever and i get up there and brad's like oh there's not a seat up there and it's just like the metal bar <laughs> it's not <laughs> part of it, it part of it's like a nice stand because it had yeah. an adjustable uh shooting bar unlike ah, unlike somebody somebody it's not so nice somebody's just lay down yeah. and they're like bent and you can't shoot off them yeah. for anything so i'm just like sitting on a one inch piece of tubular Listen, metal i'm like mildly embarrassed that we did this but we'd also driven like this is one of yeah. dan's last shots of good deer and i was like okay we're gonna like we're we gonna duck out of work early I'm, yeah. no i'm appreciative it's just uh, uh no i'm i you should always be tethered but the funny part of this is i told dan i'm like does are coming out right here they're going there's a trail over here the bucks are coming out right here. Like, I'd seen this play out multiple nights, and the doe came in on that hunt as I, I predicted. Like, 4 o'clock, I told Dan, 4 o'clock the deer start moving. And I swear to God, 4 o'clock on the nose, I smelled the deer f- from blowing up over. And then 
this doe walks in uh, directly to where Dan's stand is. And I'm like, this is it. If ever there's a buck within smelling distance, he's going to come into this doe. He had another doe come in, but then he didn't shoot it. I told him, I said, if you don't take the doe, before we even got there, I said, if you don't take the doe, I'm going to shoot her, but I'm going to give you until two minutes of shooting light left. And that's the, that was the game plan. And with about seven minutes left, she moved into the brush to where ah. I could not take a shot. And I, cause at this point I knew Dan wasn't going to shoot her cause, um, I knew he was holding out to, for this, this property he hunted, he gets preference points towards a buck tag, right? If I shoot, a doe. if you shoot a doe. So that's why he didn't shoot the doe. He wanted the doe, but he was kind of rolling the dice and hoping that he it. would get a buck, uh, yeah. doe tag preference points towards a better quota hunt next season. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I understand why he didn't shoot her. <clears throat> Makes sense. Yeah. No, it was, it's. It was a good experience. And really for a first season hunting, all the mistakes I've made are setting me up to not make them when it really matters. Dude, I can relate so much like, to that, man. So, you yeah. just always make mistakes. That's yeah. all That's all. what it's about, in my opinion. Just get out yeah. there and learn. So speaking of making mistakes, <laughs> tell us about your Nebraska hunt. I'm sure there's a lot of mistakes here. I'm going to frame up. So you, my understanding is I, didn't, I wasn't really involved in this, but I kind of we, – we, uh, we like Nick and the Land Trust team. Mm-hmm. They got a cool concept, and mm-hmm. um, the the gist of it being, for, you, you've used it now. You tell me yep. the gist of it being, if you're you're not like you know, like I took Dan to my private property that I hunt, right? Like that's cool. Um, it's it's nice because I'm competing with fewer people in some ways. I mean, I, I've talked to you guys about how actually pressured these deer are because it's a lot of small properties mm-hmm. and people hunting. Uh, but if you don't have a spot where you can hop out to like that. Access becomes a problem, yep. right? So Land Trust ha- works with comp- – like they, they basically are working with landowners and they help them monetize their land so they can make some money on the property they already own if they're farming it or whatnot, uh, and it gives them a chance to lease it out um, by the by the week or by the day? or how's it, it? it depends on the, the, property. the landowner and okay. what they want to do. So, yeah. so they have a time frame that they can uh, – mm-hmm. you can go in and rent – you can do it all online, right? You can pick from yep, – it's all online. And so um, – what I like about this structure is that it gives you a chance to, you know, pop into a property and try hunting without really like, like Dan said, like, I don't know who's around. Like some people get really uncomfortable around public and the idea that other people are around with gun season, especially. Mm-hmm. So there is a nice aspect to that. Yeah. Uh, you especially guys, out of state too. Out, that's another yeah, thing. Out of state too. And like, if you don't want to lease for a whole season. Oh yeah. yeah it's super expensive to yeah. some of these deer leases. Um, uh, anywhere. And so that's kind of the, the concept of land trust. And you know, they kind of reached out to you guys and asked if you want to try it. Right. Yep. So yep. that's the, that's the setup really of Airbnb vibes. Yeah. yeah. It's like for hunting. Land, right. Right. You know? So, so you guys went out, yeah. uh, this is, yeah. I, I was short of some texting. I don't really know what happened. Yep. No. So what you said is absolutely correct. Everything about it. It's, it's basically like day leases. Um, and most, Land trust properties, from what I could tell, being on their website, usually do like a two or three day option. So you have two or three days to go out there and and hunt these properties. A lot um, of these western spots are pretty big, right? Yeah, a uh, decent side. The the section the so we were in Nebraska and the land that we were hunting out there was uh, like three hundred and seventy ish acres. That's roughly. about what the size of was. Mike Larson just did one of these for Turkey. Yeah, right? He did one in the spring, also in Nebraska. Maybe for a thousand Turkey. acres. I can't remember it how big his was. So um, did Land Trust say whenever you want, and you looked at your schedule and essentially they 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 came to me first. Um, I think Jacob set it all up, uh, but said, you know, what would you be interested in? Here's basically everything we have to offer. Um, now, obviously, everything they had to offer wasn't on the table. Like, um, like you couldn't go on a unicorn hunt. They have some elk. 
uh, properties in Montana. Damn, um, that's a spring season. Yeah. <laughs> we mean, don't poach unicorns you, around You just <laughs> continue to show how dumb you are. <laughs> you don't know anything about unicorn hunting. They don't have any horns in the fall. <laughs> you know, unicorn. Shed their unicorn. The, the, the unicorn horns, you, you have to be really careful when you boil their skulls because if, if the horn dips down into the water, the, the magic and the glitter start to come off. <laughs> and, and then it's toxic, actually. Yeah, real yeah. milky yeah. glitter. It's toxic. It but creates a fume that you don't want to breathe it also smells like candy canes and if you you, want to breathe it if you you drink it (laughs) your farts will smell like peppermints good to know so i so i read on go wild i don't know anyways continue your story yeah yeah. um so yeah they have properties and i know of at least in montana nebraska kansas there might be a couple other ones also um and actually originally i was looking at doing kansas um because their their season was a little because I didn't want to miss our deer season here yeah. was kind of the big thing, and Nebraska's rifle season lined up exactly with our rifle season. I went and did that Colorado hunt in September, so doing something early season with a bow was just didn't seem like a smart option. You know, go to Colorado, be home for a few days, turn around and go to Nebraska or Kansas, whatever. Um, so that's why I decided to focus more on the late season. Um, also when I found out that apparently, at least for non-residents, I don't know how it works for residents, but Kansas has no over-the-counter deer tags for non-residents. Mm. Everything is a preference point there. Um, I didn't know Kansas worked that way. Yeah. I even mean, they even have some coming good, in through some of the guides, like you still have to have all the, I honestly don't know. And that's, and that's part of how land trust works, um, or kind of how it is. Like, it's not a, you still... You still, if you're trying to hunt something that you need points for, you still have to actually have to draw that it's tag. Not, yeah. it's not you're not buying the tag. Yeah, yeah, you're not buying the tag. You're, land land you're just tag. getting permission to hunt this property. Um, so when I found out the whole deal about Kansas, Kansas was kind of off the table because I don't have any deer points for Kansas. We should also say these aren't, it's not like a high fence. No. Like you're coming was, in to, just like we would hear, cold on a property. Yep. Like it's going to be. You're gonna hunt. You're gonna hunt. It's yeah. not. You're not showing up to shoot a four thousand dollar, forty eight point <laughs> yeah. on yeah. Texas. And land. obviously, you know, and every property. Be careful with the Texas guys, Brayden. Now they're now they're gonna. I be, didn't say anything wrong say, with what it. Did you say, Brayden, you don't like people from Texas. <laughs> I did not say that. That's let the record, let the record no show. Wild. I did yeah. not say that. He's a, it's going viral he's again. With, he's Brayden with the rock on. Yeah. Uh, look here. I love people from Texas. Braden and I was not dissing them. I'm just saying it's very different. It's two different services. Everything's bigger in Texas, including the losers. That's what Brayden just said. <laughs> your your mouth. That's what that mean. What was it? The only thing from Texas are steers and well, hold on. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. Real hold it is. On, so land jacket. trust. Um, yeah, deers. Yeah, and obviously, I'm sure every property will be different, right? Based on how that property is managed. Some properties might, you know, have really good hunting, and some other properties might not have great hunting, and that's just the that's part of it, but it's not a high fence hunt, like Braden was saying and what Brad was saying. It, it, and if anyone kind of has that that concern going into it, like it is not a high fence hunt. You are just getting access to hunt a property. You still have to get the tag. You still have to draw the tag, whatever it is. So we landed on Nebraska. I did muzzleloader their late season. That way, you know, I had still Colorado trip. You know, I did that, had time to recover from that. I got our deer season in here and then went and hunted this property. Um, so we went out there. Um, it was we were out there for three days, hunting for three days. Um, it was cold. As I say, how cold was it? Yeah, I mean you can hear it in our voices. I mean we're we're congested. We're you both kind of for for Derek, coughing. Derek sounds like hell. Yeah. For Derek to say it's cold, it's cold. Yeah. Like and, and, and for me to say it's cold, it may not mean and, that much, but him saying it, and he you loves guys were cold. Originally planning on camping. 
No, well, not no. necessarily originally planning on camping. When it was first, when when it was first given to me, it was like, what are our options? And so we had said, okay, maybe we can camp out there. Um, this property, the landowner didn't, she didn't want people camping out there. Um, I think they're working on establishing some kind of lodging for in the future. If people hunt out there a lot more, they'll have some kind of like cabin option for people. But for the time being, they didn't want people camping out there. But if they allowed camping, you would have camped out. That was because when Maybe. you and I were first talking yeah, yeah. about it, you're like, and then we'll just camp out. And, and I'm Braden would have said, and I literally backed going. out because I'm like, if I'm not hunting, I do not like cold. That's, I do not that's a wall tent out. stove yeah. setup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, at night Braden would have been cuddling. At night, it we got, cuddled anyway. Yeah, no. yeah. At night, it was Wouldn't down that in the single digits, um, twirling your mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I almost said something. Yeah, Don't all right. Well, you're, you've run out of words for the episode. <laughs> you're getting dangerous. Land trust will tell no one about this episode. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. At night, it was like down in the single digits. We had negatives with wind chills. Um, the last morning, it was negative two with the wind chill. Um, it did warm up pretty quick that day once the sun did come up, but it was a little rough in the morning. But um, you guys are coming into a tough hunt with the timing of the season. Like yeah, so that's rut that's what I'm going to say about this property. Um, so first off, I feel like this property has a lot of potential for mule deer. This property in specific, we we saw a few. We saw probably what seven or eight yeah. mealy does. We saw one smaller buck. Um, I have no doubt that there's not bigger mule deer out there. Um, really good mule deer property. This property though is in Nebraska's mule deer conservation zones or whatever. So during the late season, your tag's only good for a whitetail. Um, I was talking with the landowner. She was actually telling me that whitetails are new to the area. They're, they're still trying to figure them out. And so I guess the mistake I made with drawing a late season tag for the muzzle loader for a whitetail out there was, I have no doubt that there's probably whitetails out at this property um, during the rut earlier in the season, stuff like that. But when it gets cold with whitetails just not being as hardy as a mule deer is and having kind of a different need as far as diet, they they will move to these agricultural fields. They'll go to these milo fields and cut corn fields, and they're just going to be hanging out around mm-hmm. there trying to put food stores back on after their rut, whereas the mule deer is still going to stay in that general area. Um, that's really different than where we hunt too. Yeah. Yeah. There's just not, there's not acorns everywhere. There's not other food. No, sources. I mean, this it's pretty much ag, this landscape where we were was just rolling hills, grass, uh, tons of cedar trees and yucca plants, mm. which we learned through a post that Brayton made on go wild. That apparently deer will eat yucca plants out there but and they get sweeter in the like colder months. Yeah. So, mm. And they also sometimes will mark the grave of a dead person um, as well. I don't know if that's what he was saying. Oh, We could talk more about this later. I don't know if they were saying that they mark graves with yuccas or if yuccas just grow over Over graves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. This was this was Appalachian assassin. Appalachian assassin. Uh, that guy. He knows his oh, yeah. crap. I need to talk to him more about that. Because I'd like to learn about it. He's found footstones and like grave markings with dates on them on his property. Um, he he believes there was a fever that wiped out several mm. people on his property and like yeah. way back in like eighteen hundreds. Yeah. It was in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. yeah. And these yucca plants are growing there. So there's either a lot of dead people or... (laughs) Well, that was a joke me and Braden were making because we're seeing all these yucca plants and I was like, look at all these dead bodies. Yeah, (laughs) I I was... When I was at that settlement a few weeks ago, Mm. there was like a section of just a ton of yuccas and I'm like, oh. In Kentucky. Yeah. Which okay. Yeah. So, so we, were we were talking about, about this. Like yeah. we'd never seen yuccas really around Kentucky. Yeah. They're um they will grow. 
I'm sure. Yeah, because, okay. yeah, like, Mike was saying that he's seen one in Michigan before. He's so got one on his property. If they're in Tennessee, they're in Michigan. Like, they've got to be here. Just, yeah, they're here. Maybe I'm not looking for them. I don't – I mean, they look like an agave plant, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. it's very noticeable when mm-hmm. you see one. Mm-hmm. My parents used to have them in our yard yeah. growing up, um, and they're, they're, they're really impossible to dig out. Oh. Like, you have to, like, really dig deep, get every bit of the root ball mm-hmm. out. Interesting. Um, or they will come back. But yeah, and now I'm like, oh, I was probably looking at all the dead bodies that I've heard this family may have. Like, apparently, this fa- I bought a book on this because I was so interested in the family background. But uh, a lot of people say they didn't run moonshine, but apparently, it was like a little wink. They didn't yeah, run. They, we yeah, don't yeah. run. Moonshine. Yeah, and apparently, um, they they uh, there was a murder on the Ooh. property that's known, and I'm hoping this book talks about it. So. It's marked by yuccas. Yeah, yeah. marked by yuccas. Anyways, <laughs> so were you guys hunting from just the ground? Or yeah, blind so or? that's the next thing I was going to talk about too is the style of hunting was um, – I, I was calling – I was saying with Braden, I was calling it Western light, you know. Uh, it was it was very Western style hunting. It was spot and stock. We're setting up on these high points and glassing, which was good for Braden because he's never experienced anything like that. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and I'm by no means an expert at it, but I have done it a few times now. Uh, but it was just a lot smaller landscape than what I'm used to out in Wyoming and Colorado and all these places. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, Braden asked me before we left, he's like, are you bringing your saddle stuff? I was, I told him, no, dude, th- this is a completely different style of hunting. Um, there would have been no trees to get up. Yeah. In. Just I mean, cedar trees everywhere. Cedars. Um, How far could you glass? Could you see most of the property? Uh, we had a couple glassing spots that. There wasn't really a real definite high point on this whole property. It looked like maybe a thousand yards max was kind of the photos I saw. Yeah, we uh, so day two in the morning we had a really good glassing spot there, yeah. and that's actually where we saw the most activity yeah. as well. Um, and we saw two whitetail that day, two whitetail doe that were on the next over property. Um, and that day was really windy, and I think that was probably helping and hurting us depending on how you look at it. I think that wind was just blowing up real bad and its scent was going crazy and just things were moving because they couldn't figure out where things were coming from like there was a wind advisory it was so windy like, yeah when i was laying there i felt the wind like mm-hmm. like pushing me <laughs> my, was... my face when we got back to the hotel that night was just red from yeah. being so yeah. wind burned brayden was smart and actually like covered his face better <laughs> i didn't and i was all wind that wasn't smart i was just freezing to yeah. death and you're a <laughs> tough guy and can handle it <laughs> but uh it was very western spot and stock style hunting we and to answer your question, Dan, like there wasn't really any set real high points on this property where we could see everything. So it was just kind of, you know, sun's coming up over here. This is what the weather's doing. This looks like a good area. Here's an area that we can glass. So we'd set up on one hillside with the sun coming up behind us and we'd glass as the sun came up and just try to catch movement. Um, and I mean, like I said, we saw some mule deer here and there. We saw those two whitetail on the neighboring property. Um, saw a lot of small game sign out there as well. Yeah, lots of rabbits and yotes. Yep. Um, but essentially that was it besides just freezing. And how many days were you out there? Three days? Three, yeah. You're racking up quite the season, though, just for oh, experiences. Yeah. You did Colorado, got your bear. Yep. You did whitetail here. You yep. did whitetail in Nebraska. Me and you might be going might to Virginia. Might be doing a bear hunt in Virginia. Like like within a matter of 10 days here. Yeah. We're waiting gotta, to find out. i got to um, figure out my my other job yeah. schedule. Uh, <laughs> but pretty cool experiences you're racking up. Oh, yeah, man. I'm trying to do it while I can, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I know we kind of hinted on it on when I got back from Colorado on Uncensored, but like I, I had some injury issues I had to deal with when I got back from Colorado, and that really kind of – grounded me and showed me like hey man like take advantage of this while you can do it so yeah. i'm trying to do as much as i can now yeah i'm trying to heed that this year too that's yeah. what that bear hunt came up and i 
told my wife, I'm like, I know this sucks on timing. It's literally the worst timing because yeah. it's the weekend before Christmas. Right before Christmas. Right before Christmas. Uh, but I'm going. Yeah. So no. I'm just like, I've, I've passed on so many offers like this mm-hmm. of like really cool hunts. This one's pretty doable for us. It's mm-hmm. not too far away. So hopefully yep. Derek, Derek gets permission. Otherwise, I'll be dragging somebody else with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a thing. I kind of stole this from Mike Larson. So I'll, we've mentioned him a lot this episode. But like, I, I want to hunt all 50 states before I die. Oh, I like that. And so that's just kind of what off. I'm trying to do. Yep. So would you count Nebraska at, even though you didn't kill anything, would you say I've hunted Nebraska? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gun in hand, looking yeah. for animals. <laughs> that's like I told Chris uh, way back when he first tried turkey season. You know, we went out a bunch and he didn't get anything. Yeah. He's I like, remember well, that. I just didn't know if he was like, I want to have a trophy from Oh, you. yeah. No, That's no, a whole different goal. kill from you. That'd be trophies when I'm sitting there eating it for yeah. me. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I remember you having that discussion with Chris. Yeah. And he was talking about, he's like, he didn't think that he was a turkey hunter. He's yeah. like, you most definitely are. Yeah. Like, you've been out there hunting turkeys. That was yeah. my season this year. <laughs> Same my season. season. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, uh, sounds like it was a good time. A good time was had by all. Indeed. One, you might say. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying these little bit longer episodes. We've kind of been uh, trying to break through and push th- through the technical glitches. The thing we, we've obviously botched a few here and there trying to do that, but trying to film uh, film things till we have some clips. I know some of you guys have messaged me and said you missed the whole show being on YouTube. It's just not something that made sense for us right now. Not saying it'll never come back, but um, we are sharing the clips uh, on the Go Wild Go Wild account. I'm sharing some from my personal account. We share them on the other platforms we're on uh, that we have to be on <laughs> to tell people about Go Wild. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully you're enjoying those little clips and uh, still listening to the show. The show's growing, it's doing well. We're having, mm-hmm. having fun doing it too. So thanks for listening. All right, um, log this show on Go Wild. Hit plus. Go to Outdoor Podcast. You'll find un- Uncensored up top. That will get you points towards the rewards and uh we are adding more rewards here in december i've already talked a little bit to eric about it i think we've got a couple more coming down um that that stuff can be applied you know whether it's a dollar off or percentage you can apply it to whatever you want so make sure you log the points really the podcast logs are one of the easiest ways to kind of build up um that and posting in general uh so make sure you log the show you've got Derek, brad Braden, and dan here thanks guys see you Thank mm-hmm.